Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Group of five, group of five, live. Group of Part of the Landry Football Network. My name's Chris Mykoski. Just one Thursday game to look back on as Houston finally got things started. We had Matt Thomas from the Cougars Radio Network on with us on Monday. He's talking about the ridiculous wait that Houston has had to go through. A lot of people have had to deal with cancellations and delays this year, but Houston had it worse than anybody. They were supposed to start back on Labor Day weekend, and opponent after opponent had to drop out. But finally, on October 8th, the Cougars get on the field, and they get a win, 49-31 to 31 over Tulane. Great question posed on Twitter by Zach Barnett from Football Scoop. Really good follow. And we need the men and women of the Elias Sports Bureau on this. How many conference games in college football history saw a team go minus five in turnovers and win by 18 points? Not going to find many. Tulane went up 24 to seven early in the second. By halftime, Houston was within three. And then midway through the third, Cougars took their first lead. Wave answered back quickly, though, and made you think that they weren't quite dead. Six-play, 75-yard drive that took exactly two minutes. Feeling pretty good about things then. Tulane regained the advantage, 31-28. to But that was the last time they scored. Ensuing kickoff, Marquez Stevenson who Matt mentioned as the most electric player on the field, 97-yard kickoff return. Later on, he'd catch a 41-yard TD pass. QB Clayton Toon, good numbers, 20 for 33, 319 yards, two touchdowns, but he did throw two picks. So 
still some stuff to work on for Mr. Toon. As a team, Houston also had three fumbles, lost them all. Tulane fumbled once but kept possession. No INTs, so that's how you get to Houston's minus five turnover margin. So, yeah, plenty to fix, but still a great night for Houston to win after that long wait, playing their first game while Tulane, I believe, was playing its fourth. Do I have that right? Fourth game for the Green Wave. And Houston gets the victory. Sets up a great matchup with BYU. Cougars versus Cougars. That game was originally scheduled for Provo, but now it is in Houston next Friday. I said on Monday's show that the best game this weekend may be Coastal Carolina at UL Lafayette. But thanks to Hurricane Delta, that one has been pushed back to Wednesday. Lafayette's in the path of the storm, praying for everyone's safety. In the release announcing the postponement, it said that if there was significant damage there in Cajun country, that the game might get moved to Conway, obviously hoping that's not necessary. The voice of the Chanticleers, good Joe Cashion was set to join the show today, but with a delay, we decided to wait until Monday's show to visit with him. Look forward to previewing that matchup of undefeateds in the Sun Belt. So now the only group of five game in the early time slot at noon Eastern, 11 Central, is winless Louisiana Monroe at Liberty. They benefit from the shakeup as far as exposure. They move over from ESPNU and will now play on ESPN2. We talked about ULM's heartbreaker versus Georgia Southern. And the other issues in Monroe have been well-documented, COVID, hurricane, so many things that those young men on that team have had to deal with. And since Liberty is an independent hey, we'll openly root for the Warhawks on this show to get victory number one in Lynchburg. 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central on ESPN3, Texas State, 1-0 in the Sun Belt at Troy, playing its conference opener. 4 o'clock Eastern, 3 Central on ESPNU in Conference USA, Middle Tennessee at Florida International. Somebody's got to get their first win. 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central on Stadium and Sinclair RSNs. Here where I am, that means Fox Sports Southwest, but check your local listings. Marshall, finally back on the field. The Herd have not played since beating App State on September 19th. Marshall is at Western Kentucky. Same time on ESPN2, also in CUSA, homecoming in Ruston, Louisiana Tech, hosting 3-1 and UTEP. I was originally scheduled to call this game with Lynn Rollins on ESPN3, but game gets bumped up to ESPN2, and we get our butts bumped out of the booth. <laughs> so it goes. We're ESPN3-level broadcasters. And this is just the life that uh, we lead. So 
hoping to get back on the air uh, pretty soon, get back into a college booth. But for now, we sit at home this weekend and watch a lot of games. Uh, Tech is 1-0 in CUSA. This will be the Miners Conference opener. UTEP is right back in Northeast Louisiana after thrashing ULM a couple of weeks ago. Hopefully the remnants of Hurricane Delta steer clear of Ruston and don't mess with this one. As we talked about off the top, Houston finally played on Thursday. So Temple will be the final American Athletic Conference team to hit the field. The Owls are at Navy Saturday, 6 Eastern, 5 Central on CBS Sports Network. We're joined by sports editor Dante Colinelli and assistant sports editor Melodia Moore from the Temple News. And Dante, we'll start with you. How have players handled the uncertainty and the waiting? Yeah, I think it's been a real struggle for them. You know, this game was scheduled to happen originally on September 26th, and the players were really, really excited about it. And then, you know, after Navy kind of had that game where they played poorly against BYU, they pushed everything back almost just a couple days later. And the players, I think, are just really antsy right now. You know, they're the, all the quotes this week we're talking about, we want to hit other people and, you know, we're sick of playing against ourselves. So um, it's going to be really interesting to see just how hyped up they are. I, I think they're ready to go though. Uh, it's been a while and I think they're ready to play. And Bella, just to piggyback on what Dante said, if this game had been played on time and maybe Temple doesn't have as much time to get ready, uh, did, did you anticipate the same kind of bloodbath that we saw in that BYU Navy game? Um, honestly, I think if this was played on time, we would probably see a different outcome than what we're going to see in this upcoming game on Saturday. I think now with, you know, Philadelphia restricting a lot of protocols on hitting and practices, I think, um, it's definitely gonna make a big difference. Um, and yeah, we're probably gonna see, uh, hopefully a temple win, maybe who knows, but we'll see. Well, I looked, uh, you guys already filed all your predictions in the temple news. And I know Isabella, you said, Navy would win, but not by much. But Dante, I, I think probably you had the best quote in there, just saying you could not imagine a worse week one matchup for the Owls. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think for the coaches, I mean, having to prepare for the triple option under these circumstances, like I can't imagine how much of a nightmare that must be. And, you know, but in some ways, though, it, it might have been beneficial given that they've had so much extra time to prepare for this. One thing that head coach Rod Carey talked about, you know, uh, over the course of the past couple of weeks was how difficult it can be to prepare a scout team that can run the triple option because you have to retrain your scout team to learn an offense that they have just probably haven't played since, you know, middle school or their early high school days in the wishbone. Right. So, um, you know, I, it might've been a, a benefit too, but you know, again, and we filed these predictions before Navy played air force. So that was a little bit jarring. Um, but given that, this has been, this is a weird offense. Temple has a lot of um, changes on the defensive line as well. And if you play against a, a triple option team, that defensive line play is extremely important. You have to be disciplined with your eyes, your gap discipline, stuff like that. So uh, the turnover there is going to be interesting, especially at defensive end. Um, yeah, I, I think preparing for a triple option offense in these conditions and the city of Philadelphia didn't let them hit for a long time. I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how prepared they are, especially early in the game. In that, and I hadn't heard about that city restriction, 
did they think about getting creative and bussing out to a high school field beyond the city limits? I, not that I'm aware <laughs> of. Um, you know, they, they're in a tough spot because they are a, uh, you know, a, a state-funded university, right? So they have to abide by certain laws, you know, with money that goes back and forth there. So it was really interesting too, because, you know, the Eagles play in the confines of the city and the Eagles were just doing whatever they wanted, right? Like they scrimmaged, they hit, yeah. they prepared for the NFL season and, and Temple was kind of stuck in a weird scenario where they had to divide into groups and they weren't allowed to play, you know, interchange offense and defense. So it was a big mess for a long time, but they've had about three good weeks of practice now. So hopefully they should be ready to go. Dante, you uh, profiled Real Mitchell, uh, called him an electric athlete uh is he the most exciting thing that we're going to see in this temple offense i don't know i i think you know i don't know if we're going to see real that, that that's one really? of the interesting storylines coming into this game and and if you know later in the article you know rod did not commit to saying that we would see real this season and, and rod said you know he wants to play one quarterback he doesn't want to have to play two quarterbacks and They've named Anthony Russo the starter for the second straight season. So he's going to be out there for the first snap. And, you know, based on what Rod Carey has said, as much as they like Real, they're just, they want to have an offense that's one quarterback, one guy who stays in rhythm, and one guy who runs that system. So uh, we'll see. I hope we see Real at some point because, you know, like you said, I called him, you yeah. know, we called him an electric athlete. He is a great athlete. And anytime you get a, you know, a good high recruit from a power five school to transfer to Temple, I think you at least want to explore that. But as of right now, I, I think it's one of the more interesting questions. You know, will we see Real Mitchell week one? I don't know that we will. Well, you found me out. Uh, I have to do so much reading, not just for this show, but for my game broadcasts, for grad school, everything else. I'm generally skimming. So I didn't get down to the bottom of your story. So uh, you, you called me out. But that's fine. Uh, Bella, uh, Ray Davis is back, but not a whole lot of depth at running back. How big of an issue is that going to be? Yeah, looking at the running back, you know, it's going to be from last season, you know, we had some new recruits, obviously, going into the running back position. Raymond Davis was one of those new recruits. Um, and he stood out. And I think he's going to be someone who's going to, he's going to be a starter, but I think he's going to be someone who's going to stand out this season. But I also think we have a lot of returning players like Jeremiah Nelson um, or the, he was a walk-on from last season. Yeah, and he's going to be someone I think will stand out. Kyle Dobbins, um, Edward Sadie, he's going to be someone who I think will also stand out for the running backs. And it's it's hard to say because they don't have a lot of um, stats right now to be, oh, yeah, he's going to be a player who I think is going to be amazing because we can't say that right now. But just looking at what the coaches are saying, what Infante is saying, he's saying, you know, They've been coordinating, coordinating together. They're working together. They're learning more than just um, passing and just catching the ball. They're learning how to block, um, learning outside the field, different positioning. So I think that's going to be huge for the offense. Uh, Efine, my J at D tackle, the latest player to receive the big single digit honor. And for those of us who don't get to see Temple on a regular basis, you guys are obviously in the mix so much. Uh, and Bella, you can take this. What um, what does that single digit mean to a Temple student athlete? You know, it's the highest award that um, a Temple football player could get. Your Temple tough. What does it mean to get that? You know, it takes a lot of work, and your team votes you into that. It's you know, it's a 
something that players will notice on the field. They'll notice, oh, this guy is working extremely hard. He's uh, one of the toughest, strongest players putting himself out there and he's a leader at the same time. So, and that takes a lot, you know, to place someone as that, as a leader and a strong, tough player. So I think to have a single digit, it's, you know, awarding and the players that have it right now, they definitely, they stand out. They stand out to you and they stand out to the other players on the team and the coaches. Some of them stand out more than others just because of the position they're playing. You're going to see Daniel Archibong, a defensive tackle with uh, number six on his back as well. So, you know, not typically at that position, but uh, Dante, another big thing is the Bubo position, not something that uh, we see anywhere else that's unique to Temple. And you guys have a couple of freshmen at linebacker there at Temple that are going to be depended on to do really well. Yeah, it's a big spot that they're going to have to fill. Um, and, and a lot of what the coaching staff will tell you is how important Sam Franklin was last season playing that position. Franklin was an undrafted free agent who made the Carolina Panthers 53-man roster. Former Temple coach Matt Rule, he recruited him to Temple. So those two have a connection. But, you know, Franklin was honestly used as a slot corner a lot. They, they relied on him to cover those guys in the slot. So um, Yvonne Rigby, who, who I, I believe it was listed as the starter in the two deep, is, is going to have to come in and, and make an impact there. Um, he's going to have to be a, a not only a pass rusher, but a run stopper and a coverage guy. That position is extremely unique. It's it's very similar to a typical outside linebacker spot, um, but, you know, we've only seen it for one year. And the only player that we've seen play it really is Sam Franklin. And Sam was such a unique coverage option that, you know, I think the role might even change a little bit this year. I, I would be surprised if they ask these younger freshmen, you know, Rigby, Thomas, Joe Kamara to cover as much as Sam Franklin did. Franklin was a, a multi-year starter at linebacker. He was someone that the coaching staff really trusted. And obviously he's an NFL caliber player. So we'll see how that position works out. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Temple puts more actual cornerbacks on the field this year to kind of cover and take some of the pressure off of those younger guys. All right. One last thing, and you can both give me your take on this. I want to talk about Manny Diaz. Okay. <laughs> 18 days as head coach last summer then bolted for the Miami Hurricanes. I have no dog in this fight. I am a neutral observer. I hate what he did. What do people think of him on campus? What do people think of him in Philadelphia? Okay, I covered the Manny Diaz hiring, but I did not attend the press conference. Um, but I did attend Rod Carey's press conference when he got hired, oh, I don't know, a couple months later, basically. And it was possibly one of the most awkward press conferences I've ever attended in my young life. It was just so weird. They made a ton of jokes about how they were just here and all this stuff. And honestly, I, I think that I, I think a lot of people felt slighted by what Manny did, you know, to Temple. I don't think fan, you know, I, I made a passing joke about it on Twitter last year. And I had a lot of Temple fans in my mentions who were not happy. Um, and I, I think that people honestly still haven't gotten over it. And a lot of people were looking forward to Temple playing Miami this year, which is something that was supposed to happen. Um, you know, and then uh, to make matters worse for this, you know, rivalry, I guess you could call it, you know, Temple's best player last year, Quincy Roche transferred to Miami in the off season. And I think again, that also made people pretty unhappy. So you know, Diaz came in and he like recruited people like there, there are recruits at Temple who came to play for Manny Diaz and he left after just over three weeks. So I think a lot of people in the city of Philadelphia are not a fan of Manny Diaz. I don't think a lot of the Temple players, they might not say it, um, but I would be 
very surprised if, if they liked him too. There are some coaches on the staff who were hired by Manny Diaz who are still here and are doing a great job, but it's a super weird situation. One of the weirdest things I've ever had to cover. Um, I am very excited for them to play next year. I, I think it's going to be a game charged with a lot of emotion. I think these guys are going to want to go out there and prove like, Hey, you picked the wrong school type of thing. Yeah, and I can't think of anything similar. I mean, there had to have been something along the line, but just absolutely bizarre how that all went down. And yeah, I, I'm looking forward to that game too. Again, no dog in the fight, but it just, it rubs me the wrong way. But Rod Carey and Bella, we can finish with this. He's obviously done a tremendous job, came in under those odd circumstances and led the Owls to a bowl game, eight wins. Uh, just how has he started to really take over the culture there and uh, make his impression on Temple football? Yeah, you know, I think Ron Carey has dealt with a lot of, you know, adversity at the same time with between the coaching staff, having a lot of new coaches come in from last year. Um, and I think even with the uncertain times that we are in right now, he's handling it the best way he can. He's putting new players in different positions. He's trying new things. He's not afraid of that. He's trying to work around the players and build a connection between everyone to know every position, to know how to do anything. So I think that's something that, after, you know, losing a coach to go somewhere else, I think that's something that he has been developing a loyalty between his players and keeping a good connection between all of them to trust them. Dante Colinelli and Bella Diamore from the Temple News. Temple is at Navy, 6 o'clock Eastern on CBS Sports Network, Saturday night. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Thank you so much for having me. One more game to add to the list of postponements, and it came down on Thursday that Florida Atlantic at Southern Miss would have to be pushed back due to COVID-19 issues with FAU. Group of Five Live is part of the Landry Football Network. We'll talk to you on Monday with our recap of the weekend and preview the midweek game between Coastal Carolina and UL Lafayette. Be sure to subscribe to Landry's Football Conference Call wherever you get podcasts. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.